So it is December, which means I get to do a bunch of Christmas-themed episodes, and I'm very excited. And we are starting off with an Enemies to Lovers Christmas rom-com, which combines a lot of my favorite things because I love Enemies to Lovers as a romance trope, and I love Christmas, and I love rom-coms. So it's the perfect way to kick off December and kick off the Christmas time at my take. So, Christmas from the Heart by Sheila Roberts follows Libby Berg, who lives in a small town in Washington and runs the charity Christmas from the Heart, which is obviously where the book gets its name. And that uh, charity that she runs helps families who are struggling around the holidays to have a good Christmas and, like, get food and presents and stuff. And it also follows Guy Hightower, CFO of Hightower Enterprises, who gets off on the wrong foot with Libby when he majorly cuts Hightower Enterprises' donation to the charity. And then Guy and Libby meet because Guy gets stuck on the side of the road outside of her small town. And that starts the enemies to lovers romance. And it's so fucking good. And it's not entirely enemies to lovers because Guy doesn't really confess to who he is. But it still is enemies to lovers, and like, like I said, enemies to lovers, one of my favorite tropes, Christmas is my favorite holiday, rom-coms are my favorite things, so this just combines a lot of my favorite things, and I'm very excited to talk about it. Books, TV, music, and movies. All things that make a big impact on everyone. I'm constantly gushing about my latest read to anyone who will listen, so I figured I'd turn my rambling into something coherent that people will actually listen to, which means no tuning out halfway through. I am Maya Ghosh, and this is my take. As always with the book, we're going to start with a little bit on the writing, and the writing is really nothing new. It's standard book writing mixed with a little bit of standard shitty rom-com writing, and for those of you who don't know, standard shitty rom-com writing um, mostly is when we have both the male and female perspective, and there's always like, I don't even know how to describe it. One of the key facets of this is that we have the male and female perspective and when the guy is talking there's always some mention of his dick and how his dick is responding to a situation um, as like a show of how turned on he is by our like female lead. And there's always talk about how like different men and women are too, like how men have to be into sports and cars and strong and women are weak and like delicate and stuff and it's like I don't know it's just weird and it's like happens in a lot of shitty rom-coms and it happened a little bit in this one but it wasn't too much it wasn't like uh like stupid hockey player romance where that's like all shitty rom-com writing like it was you know it was decent it was fine and having both point of views is fun and I enjoyed it especially because like it is so central to both of their stories like we can't just have Libby's point of view and it makes sense because we have to see like why guy had to cut all the donations and like see what's going on in guy's life and stuff so i did appreciate that we had both point of views but honestly we are not here for the writing we are here for the plot so we're going to move on to talking about that and i love that we start 
with the emails back and forth about Hightower's donation. We really get to see like how they're fighting and how they're arguing. We see their personalities a little bit. And then they talk on the phone and Guy goes off on Livy. And then when Livy finally gets the check that he sends, it's a personal check for only $200, which like, I get it from both sides, right? Like obviously $200 is a shit ton of money, but also Guy's is really rich CFO and like he probably should have given more Man, I really appreciate that Livy sent the passive-aggressive email in response because I would have done that too, and I was a little pissed off for her. I mean, obviously, we understand Guy's situation, but also, like, if you want to pacify her, send her, like, a bigger fucking check and get her off her, your back. Like, your company used to be a major donor. Like, think of how your actions affect others sometimes. And then we see Thanksgiving with David and his wife, Terrell. Terrell? Terrell. I say, I, Terrell? Terrell I don't know David and his wife and it's fun that we see Thanksgiving and then I love that Livy immediately decorates for Christmas after Thanksgiving because I always decorate for Christmas the day after Thanksgiving and then we see Livy running errands with Morris and fuck Morris and that is not the last time I'm going to say fuck Morris in this episode I'm going to say it a lot more so I'm just warning y'all because like Morris fucking sucks and then on the same like trip that they're running errands we see him try to kiss Livy and I was very glad that Livy wasn't having it and she's like no like we're moving past that like we are not in that stage of our lives and stuff and then Livy has her Christmas nightmare about the Grinch being her soulmate and like I fucking love the Grinch um the three episodes the week of Christmas are going to be the three different a renditions of Grinch because the Grinch is my favorite Christmas thing to ever exist. All of my holiday decorations are Grinch themed. Like I just, I'm obsessed. And so I did not appreciate the disrespect the Grinch got in this nightmare for being like so stupid and being like, oh, it's an urban legend that I changed and saved Christmas because the Grinch did not deserve that. <laughs> and then we see Livy putting on her Mrs. Claus outfit to get donations. And I would never be this brave, but I was very proud of Livy. And then Kate gives her the dartboard with Michael Hightower's face on it. And I love Kate for doing that, but I really wish she could have found a picture of Guy. Because if she had, Livy would have seen Guy and recognized the picture from the dartboard when she picked him up. And then we wouldn't have dealt with all the fucking fallout at the end. But, you know, we don't. And it adds to the whole mystery and then Livy picks up Guy, who is stranded on the side of the road, and he totally lies to her about who he is, and part of me gets why he did it, right? If he had said, by the way, I'm Guy Hightower, she probably would have driven off and left him in the snow. But I'm also mad because lying about your identity or lying about any central thing, whether it's lying about the fact that it was a bet to sleep with you and I'm actually falling in love with you, or lying about the fact that I knew something big about your past and that's the only reason why I went after you, right? Like, there's so many different things that guys lie about in rom-coms and I was not appreciative of the fact that he was lying, but I also kind of got it and so it was just like this weird rock and hard place situation. And then we see the conversation that he has at the garage is really, really, really fucking awkward because Morris is really fucking territorial, which like, again... Fuck Morris. Honestly, I feel like anytime Morris comes up, my instant gut reaction is like, fuck Morris. And then I love that Livy offers Guy a room in her house, obviously, because like proximity is the best thing that helps people fall in love um, in times like these. And when you they seem so opposite, but they spend so much time together and they realize they're actually really close and can be really good together. 
And then Morris really does the Lord's work when he gets majorly jealous over Guy because it drives a wedge between him and Livy. And all I wanted was for Morris and Livy to not be together. Um, I might have wanted Morris and Livy to not be together more than I wanted Livy and Guy to be together in this. And so anytime Morris did something fucking stupid to drive a wedge between the two of them, I was very happy about it. And then I love that Livy ropes Guy into judging the fruitcake competition, even though he doesn't even like fruitcake. And that just shows that he was really trying to be a good person because he didn't even like fruitcake and he wanted to do this for her. And then we see the two of them bond after the first, like, night he spends at her house because after dinner they, like, are just talking and chilling and Guy obviously has to put his foot in his mouth and ask if she's ever considered a real job. And I was very proud. Livy's like, uh, I have a real job. Thank you very much. And then Livy bakes sugar cookies as, like, a peace offering so they can, like, get back on the right track and stuff and it's the first time that she's ever done it since her mom died and that was a really big moment for her and like being able to accept everything and like move on with her life and so that was really cool and then they play cards and the bet is like a kiss obviously because they're in middle school and I love that Libby just goes on this whole fucking rant about Hightower and Hightower Enterprises with Guy just sitting right there but then it also sucks because Guy's like yeah well I can never really tell her my real identity because look at this rant she just went on like imagine if she had known it was me and stuff right so it's like it was funny but also it was like setting them back in terms of like having open and honest communication and then obviously guy has to win and it leads to them kissing and I was very happy like as bad as I was that he wasn't telling her his real identity I was very happy that they were kissing And then they have their little, like, moonlit walk um, in the snow, and they kiss each other goodnight, and it's, like, really cute and really pure and really innocent, but, like, really amazing. And then Guy wakes up the next morning and describes his life as Christmas purgatory, which he's not wrong considering Morris had to drive him to the fruitcake competition, and with all the Christmassy themes... And, like, you can describe it, your life as, like, part Christmas. And then anything having to add in Morris, like, can be purgatory. So Christmas purgatory was a pretty apt description of everything. And then Guy bidding on the Julian Grace basket for Libby. And he's right about Morris. Like, the bidding was only up to $30. Morris can shell out, like, 40 or 50 to, like, win the basket for Libby. And... Guy's very right that if he was smart, he would be doing it instead of just brooding over the fact that Guy is doing it, you know? And, like, I really, 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 really hate Morris, if y'all haven't caught on to that. But seeing his point of view is weirdly interesting because it's not omniscient, right? Like, we don't see everybody's feelings. We don't see, like, Libby's dad and um, Libby's brother and Libby's brother's wife. And, like, we don't see all of them. We just see... Livy, Guy, and Morris. So it's a little weird that we see Morris's point of view, but kind of interesting because I've never seen that where a rom-com, like the third person in the rom-com, because this is a little love triangle-y, but it's actually not really, but like the third person in the love triangle would get his point of view too. So that was really interesting, even though like fuck Morris. And then we all go to the family tree after the fruit kink competition and Morris is just drinking and being an ass and I mean, part of me love this, obviously, because the worse Morris can make himself look, like, the better it'll be for Olivia and Guy. But also, like, it really sucked that he was, like, being such a Debbie Downer on such a, like, fun, like, outing with all of them. And then 
Mora shoves Guy, which leads to the collision with the cake, and then Dumbass over here has the bright sense to think that shoving Guy again is a really good idea, and this time he runs into a waitress, and I was fucking pissed at Morris because I was like, okay, first of all, why are you shoving him in the first place? And second of all, why after he runs into somebody and causes a scene and drops this whole cake that somebody bid a lot of fucking money for, do you shove him again? Like, what did you think would come out of that? But he's a fucking stupid guy and they go outside and they have this all out brawl. And then the best part that came out of this was Libby being like, Morris, we can't hang out anymore. Like, I was very fucking happy that that happened because obviously, fuck Morris, he's an idiot. And then we see Livy and Guy go home and they watch the family man and they kiss again. And I loved every time they kissed because it was so cute. And even though like, again, the back of my head, I was like, Guy, you need to like fucking tell her who you are. Um, I was very just excited that they were kissing and stuff. And then Livy finally hangs up the mistletoe because she has someone to kiss and she's super excited and that had been a whole thing she's like do I hang up mistletoe or do I not like I don't have anybody to kiss why would I hang it up and then like she starts kissing guy and then she's like okay now I have somebody to kiss I can hang up mistletoe and then guy buys all the turkeys and hams for Christmas Eve Eve deliveries which was really adorable of him and I loved it and then he goes and he pays for his car repair his credit card his credit card that says Guy Hightower and Morris finds out who he really is and calls Livy and then he doesn't just go straight back to Livy's house he goes and he buys flowers which like normally yeah maybe but bro you've spent the past like a long time not even a long time a couple days but you've gotten to know Livy and you know that Livy is not really a material person you should have showed up with a giant ass check for Christmas from the heart, not fucking flowers that are going to like die in a couple days, you know? Like, I don't know why he made this big deal of going and getting flowers and it wasting fucking time. Like, you should have just showed back up and been like, hey, listen, we need to talk. And then they have this like huge fight on Libby's porch and the fight is really, really bad and I hate it. And like, they're both super defensive and it's just, they're both like being brats and I wish they would sit down and listen to each other. And I like... I understand both sides too, right? Because Guy didn't feel like he could tell her and Livy felt betrayed. And they inevitably had to break up, but like it sucked. And then we see Guy's Christmas being a drag and him just wanting to be with Libby and his stepsisters being really fucking stupid. And one of them's like, oh, it was the wrong color, like diamond necklace you got me. And, you know, he's trying to be nice to his like stepsisters daughter and he's trying to be nice to like the family and stuff and it really sucked and his mom is a gem though and I love his mom and I love that his mom is like look I married them like you didn't I understand like come see me when your stepsisters are not going to be here and like his mom writes the really big check for Christmas from the heart and is like you should go see her and then we see Libby's Christmas and Libby's Christmas was actually nice which I appreciated and David's wife is finally pregnant and then Guy doesn't show back up and try and apologize he just goes away and he keeps the check that his mom wrote and fucking Libby goes on a date with Morris and then Libby and fucking Morris are together on New Year's Eve and then we jump time and fucking Valentine's Day with all of their friends which first of all like why why are you going on a triple date on Valentine's Day when one of their friends like has a kid and one of their friends is like pregnant or something like they both 
couples that they go out with like don't have time together a lot of the time so why are you taking away their valentine's day and then why are you proposing on valentine's day valentine's day proposals and valentine's day weddings are the stupidest fucking thing because valentine's day is just a commercial holiday and it's so fucking stupid and like you should want to like be with your partner and do special things for your partner like every day of the year and not just fucking valentine's day because it's socially mandated that you do and like the proposal wasn't even that cute because it was in a restaurant and that's a very public place and you can't very well say no to a proposal in a public place i mean you can but it's like hard and it came out in cheesecake and it just like i was just fucking mad at the whole thing because first of all it's fucking morris and we fucking hate morris and then like valentine's day like why you're not doing yourself any favors for it being on valentine's day and it's just this really weird triple date that they shouldn't be on and i was just so fucking mad about the whole thing and then I love her friends who are like we have to go back to the bathroom even though we just went two seconds ago because Livy what the hell are you doing like you don't want to be engaged to Morris you want to travel you want to see the world I fucking hate that Morris is like you know why would you ever want to travel like okay I understand if you're okay with your small town life and stuff and like but why is she not allowed to dream? If you're, like, content to live in the same tiny town and really, like, travel's fucking stupid because nobody wants to see the world, that's fine. You do you. Whatever. Fuck off. But why do you have to not let Livy dream? Why do you have to make fun of her for watching House Hunters International because she wants to travel the world and that's the only damn way she's gonna do it because your fucking sorry ass is not gonna take her to Paris? You know? Like, just... Morris is a fucking douchebag, and so that was why I was very happy when her friends were like, no, come to the bathroom, like, why are you saying yes, you don't love Morris, and she's like, I do, and then I really love that she has the terrible dream about marrying Morris, and then she has the amazing dream about, like, her wedding when she doesn't see her groom, so obviously her groom is gonna be Guy, and then she emails Hightower Enterprises about the thing, and it's all, oh, by the way, guys move on from being CFO, and then we see Livy making all of these fucking smart or wise decisions about marrying Morris and settling for a life where she'll never travel and never be happy. And I'm like, no, like, I understand, you know, not everybody has the financial capabilities to like have their own dream wedding. You have to make some smart decisions. You have to make some wise decisions. You have to make some choices where you're going to compromise. You can't get everything that you want in life. And life isn't a fairy tale, but you shouldn't be making decisions about all of like, Every single thing was, like, Livy bending to Morris's will because she, like, wanted to not get married in the same community center where they have every single fucking event in their same tiny town. And, right, it's not like she's asking to fly everybody in Paris to get married there. It's literally a town over. It's not that much more expensive. Like, why is that not okay? You know, why does he have to make that fucking a big deal? It's not like, she's asking or demanding this huge thing. Like, she's trying to make a smart decision. She's not looking for this extravagant venue way far away where nobody can come. She's looking for a venue right outside of town that's in her price range that is just a lot prettier than their fucking community center. But no, she has to make the smart decision and get married there because it's cheaper and Morris is a fucking dick. And I hated this all. And then I loved, I loved, I loved, I loved, and in the midst of all the stupidity, Guy shows back up on her birthday and has completely changed and is stepped down from being CFO and he thinks he wants to do like charity work like getting people to pay money to charities and he sold his stupid car and he has all of the donations starting with the one that his mom gave him a long time ago and 
He's just like, you know, I want to be with you. And then she still goes out to fucking dinner with fucking Morris. And I was so pissed. I was like, guy came and he's changed and he's done the work and like, he is a different person and he should be with him, you know, like go and be with him, like fucking dump Morris. And then she still goes out to dinner with him. And I was so fucking pissed. But then I was so happy that Morris is like, yeah, you're still in love with Guy. Like, give me the ring back. You're not like, I was so happy. That was the one good thing Morris had ever done was that he takes the ring and then he goes and he makes sure guys doesn't leave you know for all of the shit that morris did the fact that he made sure guy didn't leave was very great and then they go to the restaurant and he's all are you looking for something and she's like only you and then the epilogue and we see the proposal and it was in a limo and he's like by the way this was a one-time splurge because i have to have money to donate to your charity and then we have the wedding on the same day she was supposed to marry morris which to me, it's just a giant fuck you to Morris, which I love. And then it was the venue that she really wanted. And the plan is to go to Paris for their honeymoon. And I love that his mom adores Livy and gives Livy the precious chocolate pot, especially because during Christmas, Guy's stepsisters were like, oh, that's such a pretty thing to like give down to one of your daughters one day, like trying to like take the family heirloom. And she does. She gives it to her favorite daughter-in-law. And it also because it's really cool that it was the thing that brought them together because had Guy not gone to get the chocolate pot, he would not have gotten stuck. And so that was really cool. And it just it ended with Guy being like, no, I'm like a super rich man, even though I gave up my like super rich job and super rich car and stuff. And the wedding was so beautiful and cute. And I was just like in happy tears because there was a moment there I was like, she's going to get married to fucking Morris and that's going to be the fucking end of this. And I'm going to rip my head off because I hate him. And so, I was very happy that it didn't end that way. So, to wrap up this episode, it was so good. It combines my favorite things because it's my favorite romance trope, or one of my favorite romance tropes, set during my favorite holiday, and it's a rom-com, and I just fucking loved it, and it was cute and amazing, and ended with a wedding, as all good rom-coms should end. And the one sad part I have to say is, we didn't ever get a sex scene, which was a little annoying because, like, you know, romance, there's the implication that, like, there's gonna be a sex scene, and there wasn't, and, like, it was fine because it was a Christmas romance. Like, Christmas romances, I feel like, are the only ones where you can get away with not having a sex scene because Christmas romance, there's something about them that they're just a little more pure and a little more sweet, and, like, maybe they don't need to have a sex scene. But that was the one drawback. But besides that, like... It's a Christmas rom-com, and I love it, so I was super excited to read it and talk about it. So, yeah, I have been Maya Ghosh, and this has been my take on Christmas from the Heart by Sheila Roberts. Thanks for listening. So, we're kind of a one-woman show here at My Take, so the credits are not going to be very long. This podcast is produced and edited um, by me. I do all of my own social media. The only person I really have to thank is one of my great friends, Paris, who did the music that is in the intro and that you're listening to now. So thank you, Paris, and thank you all for listening. You can reach me at underscore my take on Twitter and Instagram, and please leave a rate or review wherever you listen to this podcast. That helps a ton. So yeah, thanks for listening.